Listener Production. This is Footy Talk. It is your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Coming up today, the last round of the season. We dive deep into that one, including tonight's game and Collingwood needing to get back to be playing their best footy with a week to go. We've got all of the tips from the weekend and Joey Montagna has got a bold, bold, bold prediction. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. Friday's edition of Footy Talk. It is the last round of the 2023 season. It's gone longer than it's ever had before, but it's got some very interesting twists and turns in this last round. I'm Jack Heverin alongside the Saints Hall of Famer, Joey Montagna. Joey, we are finally at that last round of the season. It feels like it's taken a long time to get here, to be honest, but uh, I'm glad we are here. You're right, it's not as fascinating a weekend as we would have hoped a couple of weeks out. I think the Bombers sort of blew that a little bit. Like, yeah. imagine if Essendon tonight, if they won there, it's still a chance. Even if it was just a mathematical possibility of getting there and needing results to go their way. But unfortunately, uh, the loss last week ended their season and they've checked out with the way they've gone about their list uh, and their selections for tonight. But still, there's some other games that can shape more so the latter positions rather than so much who comes in and out. We're going to work our way through the round and we'll go through our selections. Joey's bold predictions. Uh, quote, unquote, he said, I'm on fire at the moment with my bold <laughs> predictions. So we'll get to them at the, uh, at the back end of the show. We talk so much about the teams that are playing finals and what it all looks like. And there's still a couple of games that are live to decide the final eight and all that sort of stuff. You've played in some good teams and you've played in some average teams. Yep. What about for the teams whose season finishes after this weekend? What, what does the last round look like when you're a player and you've got absolutely nothing to play for? You pack your jeans and you're going out shoes <laughs> in your kit and you start planning on where you're going afterwards. And you do. And to be fair, and I... Sometimes it's a bit of a myth, this whole, you've got to finish the season strong because it leads to next year. It's all a load of crap. By the time pre-season comes around, it doesn't matter what you did in round 23, unless maybe you are one club, which we will touch on in a minute, that might have some more ramifications. But for teams like Hawthorne and Fremantle and, and maybe now Essendon and uh, so, yeah, Essendon and some other clubs, they'll just be looking forward to finishing with a, having a bit of fun, trying to play some good footy and then worry about their, uh, their next week. So you said you pack the jeans and you go straight out pretty much. Yeah. But then it's the footy trip after that too. Do, do, does the footy trip still happen? Is it still a thing? It is interesting. I think it's back in vogue. I think it went mm. for, out of phase for a while, but now I'm hearing that there are a number of clubs that are organising their, their trips and they go away. They do it better though. They have chaperones and someone from the club will go with them and they make sure they stay out of trouble um, and they're not as wild, I don't think, as they used to be. Although in saying that, I'm sure what happens on a footy trip stays on a footy trip. Well, I, th- I feel like we're going to disappear down a rabbit hole here. So yeah. if, if you're one of the teams, say that you're Hawthorne mm. and, and you, you've had a good season, but you know you're not going to play finals from a long way out. When does the conversation about the footy trip start amongst the boys? When, when do you start to go, we're not going to play finals, where do we want to go and who's organising? Yeah, four to six weeks out. Yeah, six weeks ago, the Hawks would have, someone had <laughs> taken control. There's normally the, the bit of the ringleader, the social uh, the social butterfly that gets around and they've got to be confident enough as a player to be the one to organise the footy trip. So it's not one of the youngsters, yep. even though they might be the social butterflies. It's someone who's a bit more mature who is, likes having a good time, but is confident enough to be able to organise it and have to worry about dealing with any club issues if that happens. So um, teams will be starting to plan about how far they want to travel. You know, Mexico gets thrown up. Everyone loves to go to Mexico or Vegas, but then everyone goes, oh, the practicality of flying all that way for five, six, seven days, not worth it. <laughs> so you end up coming back to Thailand or Bali <laughs> or somewhere a bit closer. 
we love your experience because mm. you've played in the good teams, as we say, that you don't get to go on a trip until late, but you've played in some other teams. Where if you were to put on your best kind of like getaway trip advisor kind of person. Yeah, here, I don't think you can go Where past, should you go? Go to Thailand for the boys. Go to We went three years in a row, uh, and we love Thailand. They all blur into one, though. I can't separate the years. <laughs> you know, when someone goes, oh, 2011, I'm like, that don't, doesn't ring a bell to yeah, me. I was hammered in 2011. Was I was hammered in 2012. Thailand is a great spot. It is a good spot. It's not too far to go. Um, you can have a good time. Nice weather. It gets uh, yeah, plenty happening there. So if anyone from the Cats is listening, and everyone listens to Footy Talk, if anyone from Geelong's listening and you've only just worked out that you can't play finals, jump online today, mention Joey's name for a discount in Thailand, and book your trip. Well, they, haven't, they would have had a footy trip in September for a long time. The no, Cats, uh, they can get away, and they deserve it too. They have been up for a long, long time. So if any team deserves for the players to hit the uh, hit the surgery or the showers early and uh, and get some time away. I think it's those Cats boys. Let's dive into tonight. Bombers and the Pies, as you mentioned, uh, it's season over for Essendon, so in many ways it's a shame. But it's interesting from their point of view how they bounce back after being horrific last week against the Giants. But then you've got Collingwood a week out from the finals. Do they settle? Is this the you know the last run before it all starts to get busy for them? Yeah, the two parts. Essendon would want to put in a better showing. That's obvious. But they don't want to get blown out again, like, you know, 60, 70, 80-point loss. They want to be at least competitive. Six out injured. So it maybe says to me last week they were banged up. Yep. And it, I think it admitted to because Draper and Stringer, they rushed back in, are back out injured, showed they weren't fit and ready to play. So I reckon that psyche and that mentality affected the whole group that, hey, we're, we're just rolling the dice here and mm. uh, they weren't ready for it. Um, and that's been found out. So they're playing six other players this week. But for Collingwood, it's just about finding their identity again and finding their best football. So no doubt it's about the defence. Craig McRae's put on record. They've averaged 100 points against the last four games. They need to be focusing on restricting Essendon to under 70 points. Essendon don't have a forward line, so they've only got Cole Langford. If you look at the line, there's Wiedemann and you know, Nick Bryan and some youngsters. So there's no real threat in that forward line besides Langford. So I want to see Collingwood keep Essendon to under 70 tonight. Is it a bit of a worry, though, that we've been saying for gee, probably six weeks, maybe even more, Collingwood need to get back to what they're known for. They need to get back to their best, and they haven't. Yep. It's been nearly two months they haven't yep. played their best footy. And that's is the, that a worry the, coming into September? 100%. It is from the neutral. I know Collingwood supporters have got faith, and so they should. They say, oh, because we've been up for a long time and we're at the top of the ladder and we'll be okay, we'll be okay. History says that doesn't it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. You can't just flick a switch when the finals come around. And Melbourne's a perfect example. Last year they were ten and zip. They were flying. They then went fifty fifty for the remaining games, and they couldn't flick a switch in finals. And they lost in straight sets. Now, not saying Collingwood will lose in straight sets, but if you've got vulnerabilities in your game, and I think it was Simon Goodwin that said it in one of the press conferences post game that I think sums up finals footy the best. If you have vulnerabilities in your game, the way you're playing, they get exposed in finals yep. against the best teams. And Collingwood have vulnerabilities defensively and winning the contest through the middle of the ground. So they're going to have to turn that around if they want to win this flag. So I've got a couple of questions on, on Collingwood because I feel like there's more questions than answers with mm. the Pies right now. N- number one, when the ball bounces for the first final, where's Nick Dacos playing? First final, is he going to be back? Well, if he's if he's available, if he's available, he goes. I think he goes back to a halfback flank. That's when they look their most damaging early in the year when he sets up the counter attack from there. So he's not playing tonight. Jeremy Howe is. There's been an experiment with him playing forward. He kicked three a couple of weeks ago. It hasn't looked natural. Where do you think he plays tonight? That's going to be fascinating because no Murphy, no Darcy Moore. They're two pillars in the defence. So does he go back? 
I've got a theory. I think they moved him out of the back line because he wasn't performing there. Yeah. He wasn't intercepting the ball. He wasn't playing the way that Jeremy Howe that we have come to know and love as an interceptor. So they moved him to a wing. They moved him forward, I think, to get him out of there. Maybe tonight, though, they need him back in defense. So that's going to be an interesting one because he hasn't been able to find his best footy since – and probably fair enough since he's come back from that horrific broken arm. And then the other is Mason Cox. So he was in the team for a lot of the year. He was out. And then it kind of looked like Collingwood – miss that down-the-line contest, not necessarily to market, but at least create a contest, is in the team tonight. Is he in the team come September? It's another good question that we don't really know the answer to. You're right. They decided they looked better without him a few weeks ago. Then when he came on as the sub, he had impact, especially centre bounce with yeah. his ruck work. Um, so he'll get another chance tonight. And then they've got to make some decisions for the first final. How many? I mean, McCreary will be back. Murphy will be back. Probably Darcy Moore will be back. And hopefully Nick Dacos. So they do have some decisions to make. But for me tonight, it's about their system, particularly defensively. And if they can tidy that up, then they can go in with a bit of confidence. A couple more weeks of training to find what it's going to look like and then hit the ground running week one. For the Bombers, dead rubber game. Um, Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody announced his retirement this week for the second time. Won't be playing next year. It was a big effort to come back. I think we saw that game earlier in the year, Joey, where he, he returned and came on and kicked a goal and the joy that he's brought to Bombers fans over the journey. Yeah, it's a nice sentiment. Um, he get, gets one more chance. I mean, he was a dynamic player for a couple of years there, 2017 to 2019. He was kicking goals and... He'd uh, put the life of God, God up you when he was chasing it defensively. You would want to get rid of the footy because uh, he could mow you down as good as anyone. But uh, well done to him. And yeah, hopefully it's a, a nice atmosphere tonight. And then the last one is Darcy Parrish from an Essendon point of view. Ha- hasn't signed yet. We're seeing – we used to have the theory that if they haven't signed by now, you're going. But that's sort of changed. Yeah, we spoke that, about that's that. That's changed a little bit. Yep. What do you think happens next? Strange, with Darcy strange enough, it seems like it's about – we're hearing that it's the, uh, he wants an extra year and he wants a little bit extra money. I mean, you're sort of nitpicking a little bit. Like, how much can you, you know, demand what you want as opposed to just accepting what's fair? Five years and 700 is being reported. I think it's pretty fair. And if you want the long-term security of a five-year deal, then you generally take a little bit less. You can't have maximum dollars and maximum contract length unless you are, you know, one of the very best in the game. So um, they may be playing a bit of cat and mouse there, but I think Essendon should hold firm. And if, if he goes, I don't think it's the end of the world. They've got enough depth and they can use that money and use a high draft pick that they probably get for him as compo to go and target a key defender. Agree completely. Hawthorne and Fremantle, Saturday afternoon at the MCG. I was thinking about the Dockers driving here this morning, Joey, about the things that I didn't think we'd be talking about with the last round of the season. There is no way that I thought the Dockers wouldn't be playing finals in 2023 after what they did last year. Yeah, winning a final last year. It's been a disappointing year. They they went younger in age. I remember they lost five senior players, which does affect the team. When you think about Lobb and Akers and Griffin Logue um, and Darcy Tucker, etc. So they've gone a bit younger this year, but I think it's going to hold them in better stead in the future. So Jai Amos and Tracy get games into them, you know, more opportunity for some others. So I think they'll be a team that will definitely be a spike next year. And the Hawks, I mean, their last six weeks has been great. They've mm. got some great momentum going into next year. They do. They've been very good. They play a great brand of footy. It's been fascinating. I'm doing this game for Fox footy tomorrow. They went through a stage where they were the handball happy hawks. Remember yeah. they were just handballing it at willy-nilly yep. and it was almost going at one handball to one kick. The last month they've gone back to being a kick mark team. That's bizarre. I don't know whether it's by design or they they get overcoached or what it is or whether Sam Mitchell is this genius that 
everyone's talking about. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of style they play tomorrow. But it's been a really good um, springboard year for the Hawks. I still think they're a few years away from playing finals. Some Hawks fans are thinking it's next Everyone's year. They're going to be winning the flag they? in 2025. <laughs> but, I mean, you've got to remember, you've got to jump another 15 teams to, yeah. you know, to be able to win a premiership. It's not easy. But uh, they've had a good year. So the other game on Saturday afternoon is North Melbourne and the Gold Coast. Um are North Melbourne going to be winning this game or trying to win this game or not? It's, I it's hate a, having this conversation, uh, but, but it's, it's a, real. It's a genuine conversation. Yeah. The bet, for the betterment of the club, you, they want to lose and get pick one and potentially get pick two for Ben Mackay's compensation and really build um, you know, that young list going forward. But on the other hand, competitive players, a competitive coach, you want to go out and you want to finish on a good note and win. So what is better, the short-term satisfaction or the, the long-term play, what, what's the mentality of it. That's why it is interesting. Like, it's a fascinating chat. We'll Does just... it need to change? Well, no. You, are you happy having this conversation? I, I am because every sport does it. Yeah. We think it's unusual. Like, it's in AFL that teams aren't trying to win because they're thinking about the future. Every sport does it. Oh, NBA. NBA. Yeah, about halfway through the season, San they San Antonio Spurs, one of the great franchises, have, have been sort of, you know, not doing it for a couple of years. So, I, I don't really mind you, you you can't win all the time. You've got to set yourself to win down the track. So I think it's a bit over the top, the, 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 the tanking chat. I think you've got a plan for the future. Shout out to Jack Siebel. Had surgery earlier in the week. I believe has gone away for a few days just to get yep. out of town and, and rest and recover. Such a so, shame. Yep. Such a shame. We're thinking of you, Zeebs. Yep. What about the Gold Coast Suns, who now know that Damien Hardwick will coach them? We all knew leading up, but now it's been officially announced. Is this the last chance for some of these players to put their best foot forward or would he have already got a pretty clear idea in his mind about who's going to be there and who's not? No, this would be a chance for some that are a bit unsure about their future to make sure they play well. Yeah, that, that's always the case at the end of the year and the rest of the boys probably are looking to play and not get injured and make sure that they're, uh, they can go on their footy trips and their, and their nights out. So this will be uh, – these games I think are a bit fun. Same as Hawks Freo. It'll be pretty free-flowing, high-scoring um, you know, it's not do or die. So they're normally uh, enjoyable games to play in. How many of the players on the list, and, and not the ones that I reckon that are at the, at the top end and have got the contracts and they're comfortable about their future, how many of the sort of middle to lower tier players would have already reached out to Dimmer on the text? Great oh. to have you, mate. Can't wait to work with you next year. Yeah. Pumped you're going to be here. And yeah. what if Dimmer's reading some of these texts from some of these players going, oh, geez, okay, well, you're not going to be here. So. Well, the questions are probably Brandon Ellis and Marby Old who were at Richmond when Damien Hardwick gave them the uh, gave them the ass. So they'd be nervous. And there'd be a few <laughs> other players nervous. Some would be on the front foot and yep. text and just say, g'day, Dimmer. And then there'd be others that uh, will just be waiting to see how it all unfolds. Lions and Saints, Saturday twilight at the Gabba. Brisbane have still got a bit to play for. They need to lock away their top suit spot because – for what it could mean for them, Joey, in terms of not having to come yep. to Melbourne until grand final day, it's a big, big game for them. It is. It'd be horrible if they let this slip and then slip down to third or fourth on the ladder and, and have to travel. I can't see it. They've won 10 of their home games this year, all 10. They've won 29 of their last 32 at home. They don't get beaten. St Kilda aren't taking Max King, keeping him fresh for finals. So Brisbane will get the job done. Yeah, It won't be easy. Saints have been great. And it'll be a good test to see where St Kilda's footy is at, yeah. how close they are to the top teams to get a good gauge. And it'll actually be great for Ross because while Ross is a genius coach, he'll look at the game against Brisbane, the benchmark, and say, okay, how far away are we? What areas do we need to focus on in the two weeks leading up to the first final? Jack Hayes has been spoken about a lot. He's going to mm. play first time for a long time that he's played since an ACL, which is fantastic. We talk about momentum. The Saints are a team that have got some serious momentum right now. They do. They're playing their best footy at this 
this time of year, which is the right right thing and what you want to see. Four out of their last five, they've won. Jack Hayes will play as a forward without Max King and be the second ruck. Yep. That's his advantage. So they don't have to put young Mitch Owens or, or someone else in there. So um, – Interesting to see how he goes and then what the best forward mix looks like for the finals. You and I are both going to be there on Saturday night, Geelong and the Western Bulldogs. The, the way this is going with the Cats, now, especially now that their season's over and it sounds like the uh, the Epworth Hospital is open for business, mm. they'll be walking and standing out the front of Lammies tonight trying to drag players into play tomorrow night. They've put seven out, most of them for surgery. They've got no one left. Yeah, well, they get an opportunity to play some of these kids that have played a lot of footy in the twos and get their chance. So, look, it's, um, as we said, off the top, they've enjoyed and deserved their break. It's all about the Western Bulldogs this yeah. game. The story is solely about the Dogs. They just have to win. With what's on the line for them, the team that Geelong are rolling out, they just have to win. And if they don't, that will be the big story to come out of the weekend if the Western Bulldogs manage to get rolled and they'll finish the year losing to Hawthorne, losing the West Coast and losing the unlosable game in some respects. And what it will mean for their list and for the coaching will be a massive talking point. I love a lot of things about working with you, but one thing I do love is that you're fair-minded, you don't get overly emotional, nothing's ever as good as what it seems yeah. and no- nothing's ever as bad as what it seems. What have you made of the conversation around the Western Bulldogs and in particular Luke Beveridge this week? I think it's starting to be a fair conversation because I think we're not creative enough as an industry to rotate our coaches. Like Luke Beveridge is a great coach. Chris Scott is a great coach. Adam Simpson's a great coach. Sometimes it feels like we hang on to them too long because of this loyalty. And I know it's a special part of our game, but other sports, and we keep referencing, you know, world sport, they rotate coaches all the time. Like imagine if you took Luke Beveridge's IP to another footy club and he could start fresh, exactly like what Damien Hardwick's done. How excited is he now? He's got the whole Richmond IP that has had success that he can use for another team. I like the idea. Why not approach Chris Scott and say, Chris, you've done everything you can for the Cats. Come to the Dogs and do the same message that these players will hang off every word you say. Because I just wonder now whether the Bulldogs players, the messaging, like what Damien Hardwick referenced with Richmond, the messaging just starts to not resonate because the boys like Libra and that are sitting there going, we've heard these you know, stories and analogies and terminology for eight, nine years now. Mix it up a little bit. So I think the conversation should be had about can we freshen up the good list we've got with, it, with some fresh coaching because Luke Beveridge is a great coach, but there are so there are other great coaches out there as well. And that's not disrespecting Luke it, it Beveridge, is it? Be, no. It's just saying that we've, we've gone as far as we hmm. can possibly go. It's time to go in a different direction. Bulldogs have got a massive call to make here, Joey, because for the list that they have assembled right now, and I know Kane Corns has been big on this, I agree with him in some respects, that for the list they've got, they're going to have to make a hard call because they cannot squander what they've got at their disposal right well, now. Well, that's why it's not necessarily for me it has to be the coach. It could be the changes they make with the list. Because yes. they do have talent. But the issue, the reason why they are inconsistent, and, and, and Rui and I have spoken about this on, on the uh, Tuesday's uh, footy talk, they're inconsistent with their effort. How many Bulldogs do you look at and go, they are unconditional? You just picture every week they are unconditional with what they give. You know Libra and you know Bond. You know, maybe Aaron Norton's going to com- compete, but the rest of them, sometimes, you know, they're good. Some, like Caleb Daniel and Bailey Dale and Bailey Williams and Ed Richards and like others, are, it's inconsistent. Cody Waitman, yep. Jamara. So that's the frustration. They've got the talent, but they don't apply it week in, week out. So who does that fall on? Is it the coach or is it the players? It's a combination of both. But if they don't make finals... They will need to have a big hard look at themselves, the club, and watch what they're going to do about it. I saw them last Sunday. Their body language was horrific before yeah. the game even started. That's it was right. no shock at in all. In saying that, I can't, I can't see them losing. No. I think they will play for their coach. They'll find a way to win, and then 
This is the weird thing about the dogs. Who knows what they can produce in a final? On the other side of this, we're going to take a look at the rest of round 24. West Coast and Adelaide first up, and then a couple of fascinating games on Sunday as well. You're listening to Footy Talk, and of course, if you're listening on Spotify, then hit the bell. Friday's edition of Footy Talk, Joey Montagna and Jack Heverin. If you've got a question for us, you can hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod and on TikTok as well at footytalkpod. Saturday night, West Coast Eagles and Adelaide, a game that means uh, not a lot to the Adelaide Crows, unfortunately, after what happened last week. Yeah, and, and this will be one of those fun games I talk about where there's nothing to play for. Huge occasion for West Coast. I think we're underselling this final game with Luke Shuey, uh, Shannon Hearn, and they'll celebrate Nick Natanui as well in style. Like, this will be a great atmosphere to beat up the stadium for those three legends of the club. Are they celebrating the last time for one more I person? can't see them celebrating with a win. No, I mean, are they celebrating someone else for the last time? Oh, Their Adam's coach. the coach. Oh, I still don't know. I would. I've still said, and I think I've said on this, I would like to see him do one more year of the heavy lifting while he's contracted and while they're still transitioning, and then get the next coach in. Um, so it's unfortunate that if it is, they don't get to celebrate him like the others because they are going to wait till postseason. I yeah. find that a bit. Uh, what's the right word? Not disrespectful. It's a bit patronising. Like if you if you know, you know. What's what's one week going to do? I'd love to see them if they were decided they don't want him, do it today and let him coach his final game, let him get the celebration he deserves with the others. But it'll be a fun environment for the West Coast Eagles, which I haven't had much fun in the last few years. Can we give a little shout-out to Oscar Allen on the show today, yeah. Joey? 49 goals. He won't make the All-Australian team. There are others that have kicked more goals than him, and yeah, it's been a great year for the key forwards. 49 goals in a team that's kicked 192 for the season. Yeah. Like, we're up around a third of their goals have come from one person, and there have been some horrible performances he is a star. He is a star. And imagine if they do start getting the ball inside 50 more. So well done to Oscar Allen. He's going to be the future leader, I would think, of that footy club. He'll be captain maybe even as soon as next year. So, um, yeah, he, he's one that can hold his head up high. What about the Crows? They had their heart broken last Saturday night. And fair enough, too. The, the, the evidence talks for itself, and it's been spoken about a lot this week. How do they get themselves up to go one more time? Uh, they'll, they'll find a way. They'll, they'll have their uh, jeans packed and looking forward to a night out in Perth. But... <laughs> For me, they are the Carlton of next year. I think they can use the bad luck, the heartbreak, um, the season they've had to build a resilience and a bond and drive them next year. So I think they are one that you watch out for the Crows next year when they combine the talent with everything they've learnt from this year because they have been great against the top teams. A lot of close losses, some bad luck. Um, They'll be the one to watch out for. If the Crows are smart, they're players, they'll do the recovery and they'll have a few beers Saturday night, do whatever you need to do. Stick around on the Sunday in Perth. Stay in Perth for a Go day. Go to Cottesloe. Don't rush home. Get on the gas on Sunday afternoon at the Cot. Yep. Go home Monday. I agree. Absolutely. Drink responsibly, of course. of course. Port Adelaide and Richmond, the first of three games on Sunday afternoon, starting at 12.30, so a little bit earlier than normal. So check your local guides, of course. Tom Jonas announcing his retirement this yeah. week for Port. Yeah, he's had a, a wonderful career. Um, again, I think he's done it really well. It's uh, He's a, you know been a great um, leader for the footy club, and it just shows for me again, Keep players on one extra year. They don't have to play. You look at Tom Jonas, he's still a great person over around the footy club. He's there if they need him yep. and he's come in and played. But if they're not in the best 22, that's fine. But don't rush to get these leaders out of the club. They make a big difference. Well, How are they going, Port? With a oh, week to go before finals, this is a little health check for Port Adelaide. How are they? I think they're in a pretty strong position. I still think they've got issues at either end. The defence is a little bit leaky. The forward line without Charlie Dixon just lacks a little bit of resolve. 
But the one thing they do have, they have a midfield that are humming and they have belief and they have confidence. They can take you a long way. For me, they could take them as far as the Sydney. It's a little bit like the Sydney Swans last year. Probably not the perfect side for finals. You know, probably not, you know, their game is not like a hundred percent, like their brand is, is ready to go, but it can take them a long way yep. with the way they are playing. So they could make a grand final um, off the back of Rosie Butters, Horn Francis and the belief of the, in the group. And the Tigers, I mean, it was an emotional week last week for them with Jack and, and Trent saying farewell and all that sort of stuff. So th- this is in many ways a nothing game for them. The one I wanted to ask you about was Dion Prestia. His name's just starting uh, to be bounced around a little bit as potentially wanting to go back to yeah, the Suns. I, I don't buy into too much of this talk with these trailers. These are now, I know we've got to get some content and there are some um, <laughs> some journos that have to do something and they throw out a lot of names. And okay. I, so now the connection to Damien Hartwick and the connection to Richmond, there'll be some other names that'll get thrown up. The dusty ones do my head in. Like, how many more times can they shoot down? The, the Dustin and his manager say that he's staying at Richmond yet yeah, because Gold Coast have obviously told people, oh, look, we're keen on Dustin, which is no, no shit. Every team, <laughs> every team be keen on Dustin. They take it that, oh, he might go to Gold yeah. Coast because Gold Coast will have him. Well, a lot of clubs would like Dustin Martin. But, uh, yeah, we'll watch this space. But um, I don't buy in too much to these ones at the moment. Sunday afternoon at the SCG. This is a very, very good game of footy to Mm. watch, I think. The Sydney Swans and Melbourne. Simon Goodwin signing a two-year extension. So start with him and uh, what he's done for this footy club. Uh, It's been really interesting to hear Melbourne people, past players, supporters, that sort of stuff, talk about the contribution that Simon Goodwin has made to that footy club from where they were in the dark ages of the early 2000s and into 2010 and beyond to where they are right now. Well, that's now. right. They were a basket case for 10, 15 years. And, uh, and he's been the one under the tutelage of Paul Roos to be able to then get them to be this dominant force that they are that are a contender year in, year out. I think they're in really good shape. Uh, they had to work hard against the Hawks. They did. But that's sometimes a good thing. Like, they don't – they're always in every game. Even when they're not playing their best, they are in the game. So, their five losses this year or seven losses being my average of 10 points, I think. Like, they are super competitive. This won't be easy, but I look at this game, did some research. Sydney have won seven and a half of their last nine. So, they've gone seven wins, one draw, one loss. But they haven't played anyone above them in that time. They've beaten all the teams below them. And when they did play the teams above them, like St Kilda and Brisbane and Carlton, they weren't able to get over the line. So are Sydney up there with the best or are they just a rung below and they've been better than the rest? That's what we'll find out against this Melbourne side because that's where you get tested. I think the SCG will suit the Demons and I think they'll just be professional enough to get a, a close win. I'm a in believer in the Swans. Yeah. In the Swans? Yeah, I be- have been for a while, yeah. like a couple of months. Just, I think their best is very, very good. Yep. But your point about who they've beaten and who they haven't beaten is a, is a really good one. Yeah, and we just know to, to get to a grand final, they're going to have to sweep, you know, win three in a row against the top teams. It's not easy, but uh, they're in good form. And so it all comes down to Carlton and GWS at the uh, familiar slot of 6-10 on a Sunday night yep. at Marvel Stadium. The last game of the season, Giants have to win to play finals, unless, of course, the Bulldogs lose yep. on Saturday night. Then it does become a fizzer. Both teams can't move from their spots and they'll uh, just be making sure they don't get hurt. That's all on the line, though, particularly for the Giants, um, who have turned this thing around so well. Adam Kingsley probably won't win Coach of the Year, but he should be in the conversation. 100%. This has been a great turnaround. It's a strong building block for next year. Their, their leaders are playing well. Their youngsters are stepping up, and they've got a strong system. Those three things combined take you a long way. I think they're the hardest-running two-way team in the competition, the, the Giants. They run back and they run hard forward. They've got elite runners with Whitfield and Kelly and Canelio, uh, and a few of their small forwards. It's, a, it's an interesting one what the scenario will be to know who to tip. Like, if it is 
Carlton can't move from fifth and the Giants have to win. The Giants have got to be in it to their eyeballs. They are going to be playing for keeps while Carlton are just, you know, making sure that they're in good shape. But you want to see the Blues be ruthless. They're not a team that can afford to just, like maybe a, a team like Melbourne or Brisbane, could maybe take the foot off the gas, mm. get the win and just be do the right thing. They've been there, done it. Carlton, you want to see them with the foot on the throat. Continue to play at a high level and don't take anything for granted. So I still think Carlton get the job done at home, but it's going to be interesting to see the scenario. Well, Michael Voss put it on the radar yesterday and said, we won't be taking this game easy. We'll yeah. be picking our best team, and that looks like it's going to include Chera, Walsh, and McGovern. Yep. So they'll want to get a game into them before finals as well. So yep. yeah, I, this does have the risk of fizzing out, but I, based on what Michael Voss is saying, I don't think Carlton will be just cruising through but this. But then what if, it, what if it's a brutal game at three-quarter time? Charlie Curnow's getting banged up. Does the coaching staff like the conversation early say, hey, hey, let's just get Charlie on the bench for a little bit because Maybe. we're not moving from fifth and we've got a final in a couple of weeks, but they're also there's a game on the line to win. What, what angle and what approach they take. So the balancing act for a lot of the coaching groups this weekend. They'll be watching the Sydney-Melbourne game very closely, yep. I reckon, Carlton, because yep. it might decide whether they finish fifth or sixth. So we come to the bold prediction. This is where Joey Montagna shines, uh, and he shines because he's told us that he shines when it oh, comes to the bold prediction. You have been in good form. What's your bold I prediction? I have been in good form. I will admit that. There's going to be one more twist in this season. Oh, That's hello. just inevitable, isn't it? Hello. The year that we've had, it's not going to be as straightforward as we've predicted. There will be something. And I've just got a gut feel that this will be my twist, Jack. I've got a gut feel. Here we go. The kangaroos go to Tasmania and they say to West Coast, thank you for giving us pick one for a week. We're going to give it back. Oh, no. They're going to knock off the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> they will play for keeps. Clarko will want to win. North Melbourne fans will lose their minds. I think Kangaroos win and give up pick number one and hand it straight back to the West Coast Eagles. Oh, no. I can see it happening. It'll be, we'll be sitting here on Sunday, Monday, scratching our heads going, what do we make of it all? You're going to break North Melbourne's fans' hearts. That's all they've got what at do you the mean moment. Is the Don't one they pick? want to see a win? They've lost 20 straight. Did you not see Twitter? They want to win. Did you not see Twitter on Sunday? They've won seven games in 23 years. North Melbourne supporters were saying, yes, we got the number one pick. It's my understanding that staff at the North Melbourne Footy Club were texting each other saying we've got the, the number one pick. The staff might, but do you reckon Nick Larky's going to drop marks in the last quarter when they're in front so they can get Harley Reid? Uh, just watch this space. Watch this space, Jack. North Melbourne are going to throw a spanner in the works. I love it. I love it. You should be a, a fiction writer, I reckon. That's, that's real sort of Mills and Boone sort of stuff yeah, yeah, from yeah. you. I like that. What do you got? I got the Giants winning last game of the year. Oh. All on the line. Must win and do win. And then they play Carlton again yep. in a couple of weeks. Yep. Interesting. That's, love it. There's going to be a twist. We know that. Yeah. Whether we get the right one, I don't know. It's going to go all the way to the end. Joey, thank you very much. Are you back tomorrow morning? Back tomorrow with Jay-Z. We'll dissect tonight's game, Collingwood Essendon, and just have a look at uh, what the footy's going to look like, particularly on the Saturday night. You are the man that never sleeps. Enjoy round 24. Thanks for being with us on Footy Talk. We'll catch you next time. Listener.